702. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. 627, this Africa Report is brought to you by SAA, celebrating 90 years, connecting dreams, bridging continents and soaring higher. Crystal, a very good morning to you. Let's start uh, in West Africa. There's been some concern, of course, about, uh, I suppose, democracy and military coups there and really even the future of the regional body, ECOWAS. What's the latest? Yes, good morning, Bongani. Um, so we saw just a couple of weeks ago, Niger, Mali and Burkina Faso announcing that they are withdrawing from the regional body ECOWAS because they felt that ECOWAS was not representing them. They were being punished for making, um, you know, some decisions. But of course, in the broader scheme of things, Bongani, we have seen a military coup d'etat in that part of the world. And why does it matter, Bongani? Because it's part of Sahel. We've had Islamist insurgents in those countries trying to destabilize. But then we also had the Russians coming in and supporting um, these coup, um, coup regimes. And of course, ECOWAS is saying, well, we need democracy in the region, not undemocratic means. However, um, for citizens, they, in fact, some of them have welcomed the coup leaders because they said these other leaders had never um, looked after them. And so now we see backtracking from ECOWAS. They, in fact, they said they're lifting the sanctions um, on Niger, Mali and Burkina Faso because it is viewed as a new push for dialogue. So they've um, said that, you know, in terms of the economic and political sanctions have impacted on ordinary people um, and they've been lifted with immediate effect. And um, ECOWAS is saying, look, this is purely based on humanitarian grounds because the region is so interlinked, Bongani. It's, it's imagine we close the border between South Africa and Lesotho or South Africa and Eswatini. The interlinked, the trade, the movement of people is so interlinked in West Africa that when you close those borders, you literally have communities starving off. But the bigger political issue, Bongani, is that ECOWAS really is struggling for their, for their own legitimacy. Um, Nigeria's Bola Tenuba is the chairperson and he's, of course, trying to ensure that ECOWAS stays together as a regional bloc to be able to deal with the yeah. socio-economic changes. But I do think what's happening, Bogan, is that in West Africa, there's a view from young people who, of course, want opportunities and they feel that some elected leaders are simply not doing it. And that's why ECOWAS and people like Bolatinuba is so concerned because if you sit in Nigeria, if you sit in Ghana and you look at Burkina Faso and say, oh, but these are young leaders and they're bringing about change, what's the difference? And that is the bigger political concern for ECOWAS from Ghana. And of course, there's been a free flow of movement and goods and services throughout West Africa for millennia now. Let's go to East Africa the east of the Congo, uh, there's ongoing fighting there um, and it looks like Burundi might get involved in essentially what is now unfolding as a humanitarian crisis. What's the latest there, Crystal? Yes, Bungani, and also the concern that it's going to be a regional conflict because you've got all these players now involved and then we know that SADC, which South Africa has a big contingency, close to 3,000 soldiers, you know, also part of 
two units, in fact, the Sadiq troops and the UN troops. And so the humanitarian crisis absolutely unfolding in the latest report from the UN released just a day ago. We see that fighting is continuing. Just this weekend, for instance, 20,000 people were fleeing their homes. And now you already have these overstretched refugee camps trying to help people. And this is at the heart of it. I was engaging with human rights activists from the DRC and they were like, this is the humanitarian crisis that is unfolding. Millions being displaced and people are simply fleeing for their lives. And this has been happening since November uh, when the clashes between um, the, uh, well, especially the M23 and the DRC forces had unfolded. And so what we see now, this is the terrain that the Sadiq troops are entering. Um, sadly, we saw over the weekend, Bongani, um, the um, soldiers that were killed in the DRC, um, their bodies arrived. And of course, they were um, given a, a, a hero's kind of funeral. But but that's the one element of it. The point is that here you have soldiers going in. It's a peacekeeping mission, which means that they want to bring peace. But you have fighting happening. You have constant attacks. So how do you bring about, um, bring a peacekeeping mission that also, as we know, according to reports, there's no extra budget allocation and they need the right equipment if they are going to take on a rebel group like the M23 that has sophisticated um, armory, etc. But we do see international pressure being um, increased. We saw the US warning Rwanda and the DRC that they should walk back from this war. We also saw the US actually coming out very strongly against Rwanda. Uh, Rwanda has denied that they support M23, but the UN reports say yeah. otherwise. But what we do want to see, Bongani, we want more pressure from France, and we want to see the UK also putting up pressure because the UK is keeping silent because they've got this deal with Rwanda um, to get those refugees um, there. Yeah. Um, and so we also see the contradictions within the international community. And so now it seems it's up to Sadiq, Bongani, and the South African soldiers that's leading the peacekeeping mission to bring some sort of peace. Well, Sadiq have also said uh, Rwanda is behind the arming of the M23 rebels. Crystal Audison with this morning's Africa Report.